0: podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. I'll jump into the message here in a second, but of course I've got to do one of my stories or jokes or whatever as I start out. So I'm going to do this real quick and then we'll jump in. This is from an unknown author. It says, a college student was in a philosophy class which had a discussion about God's existence. The professor presented the following logic. Has anyone in the class heard God? Nobody spoke. Has anyone in the class touched God? Again, nobody spoke. Has anyone in this class seen God? When nobody spoke for the third time, he simply stated, then there is no God. One Christian student thought for a second and then asked for permission to reply. Curious to hear this bold student's response, the professor granted it and the student stood up and asked the following questions of his classmates. Has anyone in this class heard our professor's brain? Silence. Has anyone in this class touched our professor's brain? Absolute silence. <clears throat> when no one dared to speak, the student concluded then, according to our professor's logic, It must be true that our professor has no brain. (laughs) Student sat back down and he received an A-plus in the class. (laughs) A couple weeks ago, if you were here, uh, I did the message. Um, I really kind of, it was was kind of a struggle but kind of not a struggle because I I tried to piggyback from what I talked about two weeks ago. And I apologize for my voice. Um, One of the side effects of the medication that I take is hoarseness. So I try to stay hydrated and suck on candy and stuff like that to keep my voice. Of course, you may hope that my voice goes <laughs> so we can all go home early. This morning, I want to talk about fighting back or fighting the good fight of faith. So like I said, it kind of piggybacks to what I talked about a couple of weeks ago when I talked about does God answer or when is God going to answer our prayers when we go through struggles and times of trials and tribulations when we're waiting for an answer to prayer. And the way that we pray sometimes is always not in lockstep, or at least in my case, most of the time not in lockstep with what God wants. I know what I want, but God knows what I need, so that makes a difference. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I want to win the lottery, but the Lord knows that that's not what I need. So we talked a lot last week, or a couple weeks ago, about um, asking for God's will in our lives when we pray. And we talked about the leper, and the first thing he said was to Jesus when he saw him was, if you are willing, you will make me clean. So I think we kind of drove that point home a couple weeks ago of, we know how to pray now. It does not mean that there's still not going to be battles to fight and wars to win. So that's why I'm kind of following up with this message. So are you ready to dive in? Yes. Woo, yeah. Everybody looks all excited and ready to go. All right, our our verse for this morning is First Timothy 6.12, so it's pretty short. We all know that there's going to be challenges to our faith. There'll be times when we are tempted to give up and quit. Now, I could repeat a lot of the stuff I repeated two weeks ago, and every time I get up here, I use my own life as, a, um, as an example of being in those types of positions where I've wanted to quit. And maybe I'm the only one in this room that's ever felt that way. I doubt it. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because I know you would not be telling the truth in church, and that is well. Dave did, so watch out for lightning coming down. So, um, but what <clears throat> great glory it will bring to God if we keep fighting the good fight and running the race, and what a great reward will await us at the finish line. First Timothy six twelve says, "Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which we are called." when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses we know from the word of god that he will meet our needs if we go to him and ask him in faith yet in this world we face circumstances that can cause us to falter in our faith obviously we know we see what's going on on a day-to-day basis if you watch the news not only globally but of course here in the united states the economy Maybe it's your health, maybe it's relationship, um, whatever the case may be, sometimes we just get tired and we consider quitting. But in these, pre- in these precise times, it's when we must fight the good fight of faith. Now is the time for us to believe, especially now when we see what's going on on a daily basis, um, to trust in God and trust in his word more than ever before. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.12 that we are to fight the good fight of faith. And there are times that we must stand our ground and not quit. Even if it looks like we are going down for the count. Don't quit. God will cause us to be victorious if we believe in his word and not give up. It is one thing if we quit a fight in the natural, but when we embark upon the spiritual fight and we quit in the middle of it, The consequences can be extremely sobering. Whether or not we stay in the fight, it could be life or death. Stay in the fight of faith. We will no doubt lose a round or two as we fight the fight. The devil will uh, take us by surprise sometimes. And just because we lose a few rounds does not mean that we lose the fight. We may come away with a few Bumps and bruises and a bloody nose and a black eye here and there. But until we, excuse me, until we learn how to stand on the word of our victory with Christ, we will never fight the good fight completely. Just because the devil says, or puts us in the corner, he's got us against the ropes and give us a couple good licks, maybe a right cross or a left hook or a nice uppercut, Leave us staggering, kind of like Rocky in the Rocky movies, if anybody's seen those. Bouncing off the ropes, looking like we're going to go down, does not mean he has won the fight. If we put our trust in the word of God instead of what we can do or see in the natural, we will be ready for the next round. And I think a lot of times, at least, um, again, I'll use myself as an example. Uh, we look at our feelings, we look at our emotions, and we look at circumstances. And when we do that, we take our eyes off on who will get us through those. So if you focus on the circumstances and not on the word of God, then you are going to be discouraged and you will want to quit the fight. We need to get into God's word and get our spiritual muscles built up. Then go back out there, meet the enemy at the center of the ring, wind up and deliver him a strong and sharp uppercut punch with the word of God and knock him right out of the circumstances he's been holding over our head. If we are going to whip the devil in every circumstance of life, we must have the attitude that we refuse to quit and that the devil will not defeat or take anything that belongs to us again. Remember, in Christ, if we still, if we stay faithful to God's word, we are assured of the victory in every circumstance. But we must make up our minds to win the fight of faith when the circumstances become rough. When everything looks dark and hopeless and there is no victory in sight, what are we going to trust in? The circumstances, our fears, our emotions, other people? Or are we going to trust in the word of God? If we are going to see victory, we're going to have to make up our minds to stick with the fight no matter what regardless of what the circumstances look like. There are too many Christians, and I can throw myself into that group as well, who are falling for the devil's lies. Sometimes we can easily be deceived, especially when we're going through hard times. He likes to come and make things a little worse. When we're just about to receive or achieve victory, the devil starts blowing and huffing and puffing, telling us, We'll never win. We get scared off and back away from the victory. Instead of pressing on in faith, we begin to say, well, I guess I might as well give up. God is not going to answer me this time. They quit and lay their faith down, and that is as far as we ever go. We never take another step or make another advance to gain the territory God has already promised. And I think we forget that too. God has promised us victory. And a lot of times during our fights and our struggles and our battles, we forget that. Now, I'm not saying I or others aren't saved. I'm just saying that sometimes we just don't advance towards the blessing that God has for us. Because we've listened to the devil's lies and have given up the fight of faith. I don't believe in quitting. I am not going to belabor. Everybody knows my physical circumstances. I am not the only one that suffers. I am not the only one in this room that has suffered or fought the good fight. There are still people fighting the fight that I fight, but I'm not quitting. And no matter what happens, I'm never going to give up because God has promised me one way or the other, I'm going to get through this, whatever that end looks like. Um, And we need to hold on to that promise. Because I don't think God believes in quitting either. (laughs) If he did, a lot of us would be in a lot of trouble. (laughs) A lot of us would be. Not everybody, I'm just saying. But a lot of us would. In reading the word of God, we uh, we will see that people God used were those who refused to quit. They were not people who were necessarily any braver, wiser, or smarter than we are. They were just normal, everyday people. They were people uh, with tenacity and determination of the faith, and they didn't take no for an answer, and neither can we. There's an old saying, quitters never win, and winners never quit. So we cannot be satisfied with second best in our lives. But on the other hand, we cannot be upset with ourselves if we lose a round or two because condemnation is the devil's way to try to get us down. Losing a round or two in a fight does not mean we will lose the whole fight or the battle. We need to say, I am determined to follow God's plan for my life. I will not turn aside from following Jesus no matter what. And if we are out there in the midst of the fight, when the last bell rings and we've been faithful to what God has told us to do, we're going to be wearing a victor's crown. Hebrews 11:32 32 through 34 says, and what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. We are no different than they. So many acts of righteousness have been won by men and women refusing to let go of their faith that Paul would run out of time and ink if he tried to tell us all about them. These powerful men and women of faith kept their faith in God and brave and strong in their faith and and, in the face of the fire, in the face of the lion, and in the face of every obstacle they encountered in life. If they could do it, so can we. Because God is the same now, yesterday, today, and forever. What he did for those who trusted in him in the past, he will do. For us today, Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. In this scripture, Paul uses the image of the Greek Olympiad, the Greek games, um, as an illustration that we can relate to when we talk about this particular passage. In ancient Greece, the athletes who competed, they would wear heavy weights on their ankles, arms. They'd wear uh, huge plates on their chests of weights that weighed them down to create endurance. I guess how I related to this was you know, from a law enforcement perspective of when SWAT teams train and stuff, or, or someone in the uh, military trains, they throw on these massive amounts of weights to build up their endurance and that's no different than what these guys did back then so what it did was obviously like I said it created the endurance and their conditioning and their stamina so when it came time for the actual contest or the race they would take off the weights of course and they were able to move almost weightless movement seemed effortless and physical strength and endurance mightily increased because they had trained the way that they needed to which is what we need to do If we train the way we need to, then we don't have to worry about the contest or the fight that we're going into. The stands were full of cheering spectators who watched the athletes as they ran their various races and competed in their great trials of strength and endurance. Paul uses this imagery of the Greek games as a picture of the Christian running the race of life. He is also saying that we are surrounded by a Greek cloud of witnesses, just as the Greek athletes were surrounded by thousands of spectators, cheering them on in the stands of the Colosseum. In fact, one translation of this verse says, Wherefore, seeing that we are standing on the playing field with a grandstand full of witnesses, let us lay aside the weights that would try to entangle us. So as you can imagine, or maybe you can picture this, or maybe you can't, I don't know, Picturing Peter, Paul, Moses, Abraham, whomever else, the great patriarchs of old, the whole host of our heavenly family, and those that have gone before us, our loved ones, are there in the company from the heavens watching us and cheering us on to victory. When thoughts of defeat are racing through our minds, remember this scripture in Hebrews. Remember that the great cloud of witnesses cheering us on and that we can make it. The word says we are more than conquerors. And he encouraged uh, and be encouraged to run our race with patience and confidence. One of those I lack a lot of, as most people do, is patience. We should refuse to give up on the promises God has given us in life. And promised us in his word. Being strong in faith means that we believe that what God has promised us, He is able to perform. He doesn't make promises he can't keep or don't keep or won't keep. Right. Romans 4.20-21 says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Those Christians who know how to run this race for God by faith are choking Satan to death with the dusts from their heels as they run steadily down the course toward victory. There are times when the devil has outrun us and defeated us in our race at one time or another. But we can't let that deter us. We can overcome him if we will just get back in the race and start to run again and run with patience and run with the grace of Christ. Always keep in mind that the devil is defeated. Jesus won the victory over him at the cross of Calvary. So I encourage all of us, if we are, or if anyone um, has been contemplating giving up or quitting, or if you've slowed down to a walk, ask God to forgive you. Turn to him and ask him, For renewed strength, put your sights again on the victory in spite of the circumstances and on the course that God has set for you. Be diligent to run your race so you can receive your reward. If you were born again, you have begun the race already. And there's no stopping you until Jesus comes in the clouds of glory. And, And only then is when we quit. Fighting the good fight of faith. That's when we can lay down our swords. I realize that many of us feel weak in faith. I know I do at times. I think I probably discussed it the last time I did the message. There was a a few weeks that I was going through some really tough times that I felt like giving up. That I sat there in my recliner with tears in my eyes telling April, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I want to quit. But, of course, she encouraged me as always. And then her backup plan is always to call Shorty. (laughs) And then I start receiving text messages. What's going on, Billy? What's going on, Billy? (laughs) Which, of course, I joke about Shorty, but she's been amazing and always has been amazing. as A lot of you well know that Dave and Shorty are both amazing. And I know that our feet may be hurting. Our sides may be aching. From the exertion of running the race, we get tired. We do. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need to accept that as being a natural thing. The devil would like to make it so convenient for us to stop and sit down for a while. He may tell us to stop running, to give up the race, or may whisper to us, why don't we stay out of the race just for a little while? But if we do, we will lose every inch of ground that it has taken us months or maybe even years to gain. With our faith, we must press on in the race. Take what belongs to us because of who we are in Christ. We are a winner in Jesus. Ian Thorpe, also known as the Thorpedo, is the winner of... five Olympic gold medals, the most won by any Australian, and was the most successful athlete in the 2000 Summer Olympics. At the age of 15, he became the winningest ever individual male world champion. He was named Swimming World Swimmer, Swimming Worlds, which is the magazine, sorry, of the year four times, and he became the first person to win six gold medals in the 2001 World Championship altogether winning 11 World Championship gold medals. Pretty good, especially in swimming. After the Athens Olympics in 2004, Thorpe took a year away from swimming, but announced his retirement in 2006, citing waning motivation. Four years later, he announced he was returning to swimming. He competed at the Australian's Olympic Trials in 2002. Eight years later, Or eight years, excuse me, after he left the competitive swimming, but failed to make the team. Winning and fighting the good fight of faith is not about how good we are, or how great we are, or how far we have gone, but how far we can go. It's not about the distance we have traveled, but the duration and durability. Not the length, but the longevity. Not the extent, but its extension. And not how fast but it's finish finishing well in this life is not so much about who was the best or the greatest at something one of the most stirring missionary testimonies is that of robert morrison the first protestant missionary to china who was a missionary at heart but never in trade he was a translator with the east india company during those days missionary activity was illegal in china and the Roman Catholics hounded him in Macau, city in China. Undeterred, he published Bibles, prayers, hymns, and pamphlets, a dictionary, a grammar book. After only 12 years of marriage, his wife died. When he arrived in Macau, the secretary of the first embassy to China discouragingly points out to him all the difficulties and hardships that he will fail at or will be a failure if he tries to set up as a missionary in China. The Catholic government in Macau opposed his presence, so he traveled to Canton three days later. Um, His wife was living in England at the time for five years, um, and due to an incurable disease, she returned to Macau and died one year later. Seeing his interest in learning Chinese, the local uh, people charged him a high price. They didn't like him being there. After 25 years of work, he translated the Bible into Chinese but could only baptize 10 Chinese believers. Missionary efforts were restricted at the time in Macau and Guangzhou, So he spent half the year at both places, leaving his sick and dying wife and kids in Macau. He fought the good fight regardless of what was going on in his life. Faithfulness means that we stick to a commitment. After the shine wears off. Faithfulness means <clears throat> keeping to a task when we want to quit, and faithfulness is free of feelings. It is allegiance, not affection. It is looking to God and not to others. I'm going to close with this video. You've probably seen the movie The War Room. This one is from is the very last segment. Of the movie. And the reason why I chose this is because I think it speaks to the point of this message, but also, you know, and I guess maybe this is a little personal side of me, when I see what's going on on a day to day basis, it's discouraging, you know, when you watch the news and you see all the things that are happening and how, when you see teachers teaching six to nine year olds things other than what they need to be teaching them in regards to their education. There are certain things that need to stay at home and stay in school, and we're seeing a total flip flop of that. And it disgusts me. I don't I tried to come up with a different word last night, but I couldn't. It disgusts me. I also was tired of the wokeness, and I'm again it's I know that's a political word that's being used nowadays, but what what I mean by that is I'm sick and tired of, it's okay to say anything, regardless of what it is, whatever you believe, as long as you're not a Christian. And that is wrong. And we need to stand up and say enough is enough. I mean, we, we all know that Christ is coming back. That's inevitable, you know. But there's still things that we can do and we should do and I hope this little video is a little bit of insp- this video is a little bit of inspiration on that thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of life Church in western Colorado if you'd like to learn more about our community please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com so I will lift up, lift up my heart.